0: Pastors, Larry and Tears welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Today, we press in to the deeper wisdom for iron to sharpen iron. Bring your rhema word to our lives today. Holy Spirit, have your way. I surrender my voice, my teaching to you. I thank you, Lord, that may my words be your words. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Equip us, Lord, this day and beyond. In Jesus' name, cover us, cover us, cover us. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so this is going to be a... um, interactive teaching so while i'm going to begin by standing here at the pulpit and giving you some teaching nuggets we are going to do a little bit of vision casting for later on as an activity that i call soul care which i think will help us understand living holy w-h-o-l-l-y to press in holy h-o-l-y because that's so important right So if you're taking notes, one of the scriptures that I'm going to be referencing, and there will be several scriptures, and I will type these up for Pastor Lydia to hand out to you later. So if you're taking notes, great, but if you miss all the scriptures, um, we are going to give you a list later. But foundationally, one of the scriptures that I'm going to be using is 1 Thessalonians 5.23 through 24 that we are spirit, soul, and body, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, to be holy, completely healed. And also, in regards to understanding um, the spirit, small spirit, as it references in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we don't want to confuse that right with the Holy Spirit, capital H, capital S. And I know that we are all mature Christians in this room and that we uh, love to dig in and go deeper with what we learn from Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz, the pulpit, and we really research. I, I commit to you today that always I'm going to just say whenever you hear a teaching, whether it's my teaching or someone else's teaching, go to the word. Go to the word in your prayer time Check the references. Check what's being said. Let your spirit connect with the Holy Spirit foundationally so that truly the living word is alive. It's a two-edged sword. It goes out to cut. It comes back to heal. And the living water flows differently for all of us. But Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. We know that. But we are human. Those of us that teach the word, minister, minister, We're humans, so if there is something spoken out of context or out of order, check for yourself. Let the Holy Spirit guide you, right? So for such a time as this, discipleship, a process, right? A process, an active word, a verb that goes into how we daily grow and daily we die to self is what we learn in the the word. The message of Paul, who trained us by example, The message of Daniel, who by his vision had to understand the deeper things of God because he was forced to uh, be at a place where he had to know that he knew that he knew that what he was speaking and what he was seeing was relative and it was important to that time. Joseph, the message of tenacity and testing. And then Esther, the message of courage. All of these create a pattern of knowing that we know that we know that they as mighty people of the Bible were what? Depending on what they were serving in that moment, the God that they knew, right? Psalm 28 7 reminds us, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted him and I helped and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiced and with my song I will praise him. Such a foundational reminder, Lord, that we praise you in the good times and in the not-so-good times. Romans eight eleven, But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and dwells in me, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. We must press in to understand deeper how to walk with the Holy Spirit. I think that is one of the foundational things that while we talk about it in our churches, do we really show people how to activate it and how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And what is the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand as a mature Christian. Do you believe that God speaks to us today? How many can say yes, right? All of us in this room, we all believe that. How do we know that? How do you know that you know that you know that you're hearing from the Holy Spirit? Somebody tell me. Give me an example. Communication, intimacy, yes. How do we get communication and intimacy with God and understanding of the Holy Spirit? All foundational sounds elementary but worth repeating. Spending time with God. Spending time with God, spending time in the word, the living word, praying in the spirit, using our prayer language, right? One of the teaching tools that Dean and I learned early on from one of our mentors, and this in your private time I encourage you to do, read the word while you're praying in the spirit. Then after five or ten minutes, go back and say, Lord, what did I just read intellectually? And then spiritually, what do you want me to see? Because we are a tripart being, a spirit, a soul, and a body. So what we see has to resonate we have to resonate beyond what we see and understand what we know in our spirit man, right? So knowing what we know to be the triune God. A lot of people today are using the term God. Not everybody understands the context of what that word means. For those of us sitting in, this, in these pews, these seats, and this church, we believe the triune God, right? Father God, Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, the triune God. The Holy Spirit, what is it? What is it? It's not an it. It is a person, a person of the Trinity, a misunderstanding so many times that we get caught up in the manifestation of what we call the move of the Holy Spirit, but we don't really understand who the Holy Spirit is because we're not doing what we just said earlier, communing with God doing our fellowship, spending time, the avos of the thing, right? Pastor Larry teaches a lot about this. The avos of a thing, the first thing, the first will set the tone for the days to come and the minutes to come. When we get up in the morning and we spend time with the Lord, that sets the tone. The first of the thing, if you look at that scripture that I referenced, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I think it's no coincidence that... The three parts that that scripture references are listed in an order. Spirit, soul, and body. Why is that? Because order matters. Spirit has to be uppermost. Now I'm talking now about our spirit communing with the Holy Spirit, the part of the Trinity, so that that sets the tone of order for our soul and our body to be under and covered by the Holy Spirit through our communion with God, which is our spirit-to-spirit communication. We're going to dig in a little deeper and understand um, the nuances of body, soul, and spirit, and rather in the order of spirit, soul, and body. Psalm 32, 8, a distinct reminder, I will instruct you, says the word, and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you who are willing to learn, in parentheses, this is the amplified version, with my eye upon you. So we have to be surrendered. We have to be willing. We have to consecrate ourselves to be in communion with God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths." Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Now, why today is the mission of understanding the Holy Spirit for living holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, so important? Somebody tell me. So many distractions. Totally. Totally. Yes. Discernment. Discernment, discernment. I think for those of us that are seasoned in this room, we could probably raise our hand and say we have been in an environment where discernment showed us that what was viewed as an expression of the Holy Spirit may not have been the Holy Spirit because the enemy comes as an angel of light. So we have to know that if something is manifesting, is it manifesting in the spirit of darkness, or is it glorifying and honoring the Holy Spirit and the Triune God? Right? Does anybody have an example they want to share where they understood the difference there? I know we have some deliverance ministers. And go ahead, Tracy. Well, um, the Kundalini spirit, which uh, is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. When people are, uh, you'll see videos, and you can even Google
1: them, but you'll see videos where they're running around like chickens and all yeah.
0: their knees like a dog. When in the Bible? Or exactly, exactly. I mean, you're making, so you're making such a beautiful point that the charismatic, Holy Spirit driven understanding is so powerful, and I'm grateful that I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that manifests in a way that gives us gifts of speaking in tongues and emotional expression. However, when it goes left and when we connect with our flesh or our soul, which is the teaching I'm going to make here today, is that we think we're being led by the Spirit Our spirit connected to the Holy Spirit when in reality we're being led by the flesh or the soul, right? And so you make a great point that we have to learn to discern not only what's happening, but the different dark spirits by name to be able to take authority over that. The Leviathan spirit is something that is so dark and a spirit that comes as a false humility as well. Pride, right? but someone who uses it in a way that sounds spiritual, but yet it manifests in a Leviathan spirit. The word says that God comes to make the crooked places straight. That to me would be an example of a crooked place. We have to be able to discern the crooked places and the darkness. Amen. Okay. So moving on and I'm going to move on because for sake of time, John 16, 13, so foundational. But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, which is what we're talking about, he will guide you into all truth. And in parentheses, again, the Amplified Version says full and complete truth. That would relate to what I'm talking about today, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y for holy, H-O-L-Y the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. What a powerful foundational statement of our need and our mission to understand our relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? Right? John 14, 25 through 27. And all this I have spoken while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives an important distinction of why we need the Holy Spirit again And here's something, a key that I circled that we're going to talk about a little deeper. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Our hearts are such a place of position and posture where we need to be doing heart checks. Heart checks. Why the heart? Because we're going to learn the heart is connected to the seat of the soul, right? I'm going to just give a couple more scriptures, and then we're going to go on and talk about that. Romans 8.1, God does not want us to sin, but even if we sin, we will not be condemned because of what Jesus has done for us. The law could not give us eternal life, but God could, and he did it through the death of Christ. Now, why am I inserting this scripture here? Because related to holy living, W-H-O-L-L-Y, for holy, H-O-L-Y, I believe a lot of Christians, even though they would say intellectually and spiritually, we understand the difference between law and relationship, I'm asking us to discern, are we appropriating the difference? Do we understand the difference? Do we understand propitiation? That's such a hard word for me to verbalize. But it's such an important word that I encourage you to look up in your private time. And I'm just going to say it here because I think it's relative. God's righteousness, being completely satisfied by Christ at Calvary. That's what propitiation means. To appease, right? And then the beauty of that is that's what happened on the cross. But what came after that? He got up. Jesus got up, he lives, he's alive, he walks among us. He He gave us the Holy Spirit through the triune being, the Godhead, for us to understand. Again, so why am I bringing that up? Because we are gonna learn that the soul realm can have darkness that we don't even understand. Hidden places that due to trauma, due to wounding, due to life effects, due to the world's ways, being in the world without being of the world. If you were at the Women's um, NB Ladies' Night Out, you heard Pastor Lydia talk very clearly about her expression and her experience with trauma and how it's such an important subject that we need to be talking about in the church. Releasing from trauma to walk in the revelation of what the Holy Spirit gives us. I'm saying that to say this. When our spirit man is connected to God and the Holy Spirit, but our soul is ruptured and fragmented, we live in a place of discord without realizing it. We live in a place of de-unification. We're not unified in our spirit, soul, and body. Again, a little bit more, we're going to learn about that. So... Be aware, be prepared, be standing with God. Walk in unforgiveness, all foundational. But do we really know how to forgive? We verbalize forgiveness, but what do we do after we verbalize it? Are we allowing residue of that unforgiveness to be harbored in our heart and our soul? Do we really keep that as a, a weapon that only we know about, but we're smiling and verbalizing Whatever that trauma happened, whatever that offense happened, yes, I've forgiven. Are we really walking in forgiveness? That's my challenge to you. Even though it sounds so simple, I tell you, time and time again, God can bring up the residue, the residue in his timing for us to deal with. We're going to deal with the residue this morning, but be thinking about that. Be asking the Lord, not in condemnation, There is no guilt, shame, and condemnation. Remember Romans 8.1. We are saved and we are becoming sanctified. We are being transformed. We have to appropriate what we learn and daily we die to self. So as we are talking, as we are teaching, ask the Holy Spirit. Write a note if God gives you something. What residue do I need to clean up today in Jesus' name? Delegated authority is the application Pastor Scott did a magnificent job of talking about delegated authority a couple weeks ago in service. If you missed that teaching, please get it, because it goes back to these nuggets of Scripture that I am putting in a pattern for you today on how the delegated authority and understanding our delegated authority so matters as it relates to ministering to others. Yet, I'm going to ask you to pause Are we ministering to ourselves? This is about what today is about. Ministering, letting God minister to us individually so that we can better minister in our overflow, not in our brokenness. We don't deny that the brokenness happened or even is happening, but we apply and propitiate the reality of what the cross did Yesterday, today, and forevermore. Guilt, shame, and condemnation have no place of authority because it's not about us. It is about what Jesus Christ did and the fact that he got up and he lives among us. And the blood of Jesus, without compromising, changes lives. So living holy, Holy Spirit come. We talked about who is the Holy Spirit. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? The Godhead, the Trinity. Um, the spirit, soul, and body tripartite scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. When you read this, I think you will see what I'm talking about. It's a mandate. It's not just a promise. It's a mandate. Holy preserved completely to be holy. That is a message of on purpose for purpose. And what does holy living look like, spirit, soul, and body? Let's unpack it a little bit further. So the spirit, little s, is what? Somebody tell me, what is our human spirit, little s? Anybody speak it out? Our nature, what? Connected to God. It is what God literally gives us the breath of life, right? And I'm going to read you a, a term here in a minute. But I want to remind you of John 4:24. God is spirit, the source of light, life, yet invisible to mankind, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, our spirit man is what is in direct communication with God. Remember, in Genesis, God breathed his spirit into us, and created life by taking the dust and breathing life, which created our soul. When the spirit and the body, between the spirit and the body, is our soul. If you dig in a little bit deeper, there is some theological uh, discussion about whether the spirit and the soul are one or two separate parts. I personally believe, after studying this, that 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24, as well as some other scriptures in Hebrews are very clear, that spirit and soul are separate in function, but just like the Trinity can be one united with separate functionality. Does that make sense? And the reason that's important is because when we talk about soul care in a few minutes, we have to remember the difference between our spirit man and our soul man in order to clean up the residue that we're going to talk about. Amen? Romans 1, 4, 1, 9 through 12. For God, whom I serve with my spirit, little s, by preaching the gospel of his son, big S, is my witness as to how continually I mention you. In my prayers, always pleading that someone, by God's will, I may now at least come to you. Verse 11, for I long to see you that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. That is the way we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Paul reminding us the importance of being in community and learning from each other, right? Okay, so the spirit, little s, in the Bible the commentary that I'm choosing that in my research to read to you says, it refers to the part of man that connects and communicates with God. Our spirit differs from our soul because our spirit is always pointed vertically towards this, towards exclusively for God, whereas our soul can be self-centered. Wow. Our spirit man There is no compromise in that because that is our communion with God. But sometimes the compromise comes in because we're walking by the soul, calling it walking by the spirit. This is one of my big angsts that I have with mature Christians. So many times I see and discern where even leaders, ministers of the word will say, that's spirit-led, or that's what God gave me, or whatever. But let me give you an example how we can be how we can be deceived in our discerning. Dean and I do street witnessing. And so we're familiar with the diversity of mankind on the street and how everybody is uniquely different in Jesus' name to be celebrated. I remember reading a while ago, I think it was on Facebook or somewhere, you might have saw it too, where a um, pastor was trying to make a point to his church about deception, and he dressed up as a homeless person and stood out on the street and looked ragged, looked like he was, you know, couldn't pay for anything, distraught, distraught in his spirit. Not one person in his congregation standing outside his church recognized him. They were blinded by the fact that what they saw was a broken vessel in ragged clothes that looked like a homeless man. When in reality, it was a minister of God and a preacher who happened to have external garments that were hiding the internal anointing that he carried I pose to you today, how many times do we look at the external, good or bad? How many times, if I had come here today all ragged and dressed up and preached a word, would you have been able to receive it as much as I am today, showered, cleaned up, and looking halfway good? (laughs) I mean, I say that to say our discernment matters. It really does matter. We cannot go by what we see in the natural, in our mind, our will, and our emotions, and call it spirit-led. That's witchcraft, my friends. We can do better. We can do better. We can commune with the Holy Spirit so that our spirit man can be uppermost and our soul can be in balance. When we are spirit-led, we are soul-fed and body well. That is the integration of what we're talking about. Okay? And the expression of that is in a scripture we know so very well, Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now that scripture sums up the fact that when the Holy Spirit is uppermost in our lives and we're communing with the Holy Spirit through our human spirit, we are hearing from God and we are walking out in our mind and in our body the expression of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. However, raise your hand, myself included, how many of us have fallen short as mature Christians walking with God where that has not always been the case, right? No residue, friends. No condemnation. No shame. Whatever happened yesterday, is under the blood when we repent and we say, Forgive me, Lord, and truly repent and say, Lord, I regret XYZ. I apologize for ABC. It is covered under the blood, but we have to appropriate and propitiate what God has done in our lives daily. Liberty from the law and from the chains that we bind ourselves to, truly, truly to live means to live free with liberty and act with liberty and grace and love for others and ourselves i think a lot of times as christians we can do it for others we can give grace to others but do we give grace to ourselves do we really give grace to ourselves in our attitude in our thinking in our acting so today is a heart check and a mind check mark my words Paul says, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. The difference between law and relationship, right? You are trying to be justified by the law and have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. An important reminder. For through the spirit, big S, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Amen. Now, the soul, the part that we talked about, the mind, the will, and the emotions, I'm calling this the conduit, the filter, the place of posture, the soul, if you look it up, is also identified as P-S-U-C-H-E, which is the root of psychology. Now, as a professional counselor in training in seminary, I find this so interesting that the soul is root, name is rooted in psychology because we learn that the soul is a place of expression in our mind, our will, and our emotions which has a psychology understanding, right? So sometimes in the church, we compartmentalize and we think it's all spiritual and it is all spiritual, but God also gave us the science of psychology. So not in psychology as used as witchcraft, but in psychology used, submitted to the Holy Spirit and the word of God, we can learn something. We can learn something. What is the Hebrew word for soul in the Bible? If you look it up, the soul name in Hebrew is spelled N-E-P-H-E-S-H. And in English language, it refers to a living, breathing, conscious body rather than an immoral soul, which sets us apart from what? Animals. God created everything, but he created animals different from human beings. We have a living, breathing soul, right? This is a book that I've talked about before, and I want to talk about it again because it's such an important reference tool that talks about spirit, soul, and body. Watchman Nee, if you Google him, was a Chinese missionary. He did an in-depth study on the revelation of the difference between the body, the soul, and the spirit, or I should say spirit, soul, and body. Sorry about that. I want to read to you just a quick nugget of how he describes the creation of man relative to Genesis 2-7. The book says, And Jehovah God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, Genesis 2-7. When God first created man, he formed him of the dust of the ground and then breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. As soon as the breath of life, which became man's spirit, remember the distinction, the breath of life became man's spirit, came into contact with man's body, the soul was produced. Hence, the soul is the combination of man's body and spirit. And the scripture continues, therefore, to call a man a living soul. When you go on and study a little bit further, we know in scripture God refers to men as souls, right? So our soul goes, so are we. Are we aligning our soul under the spirit? Or are we? do we have a rogue soul, which we don't even know is rogue, that is out there connecting with darkness because our filter is tainted? Powerful to think about, isn't it? When the in-breathing of God entered man's body, it became the spirit of man. But when the spirit reached, sorry, but when the spirit reacted with the body, the soul was produced. This explains the source of our spiritual and our soul lives. We must recognize, though, he says, that this spirit, little s, is not God's own life. For the breath of Almighty, capital A, gives me life. And his reference is Job 33, 4. It is not the entrance of the uncreated life of man of God into man, neither is it that life of God which we receive at regeneration. Here's the powerful part. We receive it at new birth is God's own life, antipalified by the tree of life. But our human spirit, though permanently existing, is void of eternal life. Such a powerful understanding when we designate between the spirit and the soul. Yet they are connected, right? And one version of research says that the soul is the outer part of the spirit. So, again, not to debate theology, but just so you know, there are two camps as it relates to tripart being spirit, soul, and body, or the spirit and the soul being one unit in the body i personally like i said believe that the spirit and the soul are designated differently in function but that the soul is the outer part of the spirit and is important as it relates to the housing exterior of our protected spirit man why do i bring that up because remember i talked about soul fragmentation soul ties soul wounding soul trauma One of the most powerful um, examples in visualization of this, if this white piece of paper represents our soul, every time that we connect with darkness outside of the covenant of God, whether it's an illicit sexual experience outside of the covenant of marriage, whether it's connecting with demonic witchcraft in a way that compromises our soul, we take a piece of ourselves and we give it away that creates fragmentation, right? So here you have mature Christians who don't understand that they're living with a fragmented soul talking about walking in the spirit and in reality, they're disconnected and fragmented and confused, which is, I'm going to tell you why I think we have a lot of dis-ease. I'm not even going to call it What it is, but there's ADD, there's different things that the world labels. Is it really a disease and an illness, or is it spiritual disconnectedness because we're walking by the soul, calling it spiritual impartation, and we're all fragmented all over the place, walking in confusion? Amen? By the blood of Jesus, we can reunify, reconnect, we can expel the darkness, get rid of it, and become whole in Jesus' name. And I would say to you that this is something you might need to do not just once, but on a regular basis. I don't know about you, but we anoint our house on a regular basis. Not because we're you know extra religious, but because we believe in spiritual things. Sometimes we need to anoint ourselves and say, Lord, I take authority over my mind in Jesus' name. I take authority over my heart check. I thank you, Lord, that the residue of the world is fallen off, that we release ourselves from guilt, shame, and condemnation. Whatever offense tried to come against me today as I went to and from road rage or offense at the office or my children out of control, I lost my temper with my husband, whatever it is, I release that to you in Jesus' name, and I cleanse myself in the blood of Jesus so that my soul can be balanced and well and fed By the leading of the Holy Spirit through my spirit, which I am sanctified by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. That's just an example. Okay? So, uh, for the sake of time, let's go through and do a little bit of a personal application as it relates to that. So, I have blank pieces of paper here. I'm going to give each one of you two, or Dean's going to give each one of you two. And I'm going to, uh, because this is Holy Spirit-led, not carry led I'm just a facilitator. I want to remind you that this is not my exercise. This is an exercise for you to either engage. It's your choice. One of the things we learn faithfully in Counseling 101, as someone imparting to another, you have permission over your own life. No one should be able to impart or control what's going on if you don't say so. So gatekeeper, 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 be a good steward of your own spirit, soul, and body. That's 101. That comes into play with this lesson. Anyone who comes up to you and says, I have a word for you, that's great. You can give me the word, but you don't need to lay hands on me because I don't know who you are. Okay, we have to become bold with guarding the anointing that God has given us. We have become oppressed in the pew because we think we have to just retain what comes to us. No, you have a spirit man that is connected to the Holy Spirit that is discerning. You know what is God and what is not. So I'm saying all that to say if this does not resonate with you, don't do it. Don't do it. But you're going to have a few minutes to, two or three minutes, to just get in a place of posture with God. If you need to get in the corner of the room, if you need to get on your knees, whatever you need to do, I want you to get with the Lord. And the word that I'm going to ask you to think about, I believe this is what the Holy Spirit gave me release of residue. That's what we're going to do today. So, in context of that, make a list. Any old regrets, any old situations where you were traumatized as the victim or if you became someone in the moment that connected with darkness and traumatized another, we need to release that. We need to walk in forgiveness in ourselves. We need to appropriate what Christ did on the cross, and we need to pick up our cross and go forward in the confidence and the boldness of knowing that the propitiation took place and we are walking with jesus amen okay so it's 9 42 take just like three minutes we're gonna i'm just gonna put a little praise and worship music on and then we're gonna come back and release and pray Uh, think about the word residue and anything in your life that caused residue angst out of orderness regret Um, something that you want to totally give to God and release today. Even if you've done it before and God's bringing it up today, do it again. Okay, as you're finishing that up, I'm just going to read a scripture and then we're going to pray. <clears throat> Relative to the body, which is the exterior flesh, the outer perimeter, the housing unit, and the vessel, biblically, our bodies are a temple. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20 in the Amplified Bible says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you? Whom you have received a gift from God and that you are not your own property. You were bought with a, pure, with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. Caretaking and listening matters, people. We know that, but do we really appropriate it and do it? The key is to spending time with the Lord, as we said. And Jesus Himself said this take heed what you hear, Mark four twenty four. Pay attention to what you hear by your own standard of measurement, that is, to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you, and you will be given either even greater ability to respond, and more will be given to you besides. And Luke eight eighteen says to learn. And hear and discern and be careful to what you listen to. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that as we have today learned the difference between spirit, soul, and body, and the Holy Spirit, which is truly the place of advocacy for understanding our walk with God. I pray, Lord, for an impartation and a cleaning up by the blood of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as your people have done this exercise that you have led today, that all residue, all guilt, all shame and condemnation will be gone in Jesus' name, that as they write their needs, on the paper, and as they leave here and crumble them up and throw them away, that you cast all of this from the sea as far as the east is from the west, never to be found, whether it was sin done to them or sin that they connected with, Lord. The blood of Jesus covers it all in Jesus' name. Now, resurrection power come in Jesus' name. We take up our cross by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we are wholly sanctified. We will not be downtrodden. We will not walk in guilt, shame, or condemnation. We will walk in forgiveness. We will forgive others. We will forgive ourselves. We will walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that this day iron sharpens iron, and we have learned, Lord, how to take care of the residue daily so that we are free and truly where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom and liberty. In Jesus' name, amen.